Hello and welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan. My name is Dan Martin, special effects artist and podcaster, and I'm joined, as ever, by my lovely co-host... Sam Ashurst. I'm a writer, I'm a director, and I'm very excited to talk about my pick for this fortnight, Battle Royale, one of the greatest films ever made. It is a perfect, perfect movie. Dan, I'm sure you agree with this. I'm not even being facetious there. This must be a film that you love very much. In fact, I know it is because we've watched it together. (laughs) Um, Why am I trying to make it mysterious? We almost included this on the podcast ages ago back when it was just on regular blu-ray with arrow and and we actually it was in the early days before we'd sort of quite regularly disagree about films and we ended up not doing it just because we were like well what we love it so much like there's nothing really to talk about it's just going to be a loving and we found it quite difficult to to talk about it but we've done a few of those now (laughs) where we both love the film that much that's it and um yeah i think it's going to be quite easy to chat about it's such a great film It, it really is and and before we kind of dig into it properly what is the plot of Battle Royale? In a sort of alternate present, the Japanese government, which is very sort of totalitarian, has a runs a program where they select classes from schools uh, that are put forwards, nominated for their unruly behaviour to take part in the Battle Royale program. Uh, it's been running for a few years now, and we follow one of these classes as they wake up in a strange military space to learn that they are the most recent uh, group to be chosen and yeah I, I, how much how much are we spoiling are we saying who's chose who put them forwards what they feel about that god I don't know really I, I think let's keep it again keep this it is vague. a movie I would kind of file it next to something like Robocop and the Terminator in terms of how much I think everyone I know has already seen it however there's a whole generation of people who probably haven't got to it yet. So let's be a little bit careful. And I'm extra paranoid. You would have heard my paranoia if you've listened to the Blind Beast episode, Precious Arrowhead. Dan has started putting in ratings out of five for how spoilery we get. And so I'm even more um, in the description (laughs) of the episodes. Yeah, so I'm even more um, reticent to to give spoilers because I always want to keep it at a one out of five. So let's keep this at a one out of five, Dan. There's plenty we can talk about around that without going into kind of uh, narrative details because there's so much to say about this film in terms of like the impact it had and the synopsis that you just beautifully articulated it's of a plot that has caused quite a lot of controversy over the years especially in japan and in the states this is a very very powerful film with a very very powerful message and uh, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable even in this post hunger games world <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it was um, so the movie's from 2000 it's 21 years old that's my point um it's crazy yeah it's yeah it's an amazing film it's just like it, it may have lost a little bit of its punch now because, I mean, the term Battle Royale is just out there in culture now. But it's, yeah, this is this is the one. This is where it all started. And it's so fucking good. It really is. There's a lovely moment in the extras in the archival footage, which I'll talk more about later on because I fucking loved it so much. But there's a lovely moment where two of the young actresses are... are trying to explain the title of the movie and they're like you know it's it's battle because it's about a battle royale yeah i don't know what that means but it has become like a like you say a, a part of the lexicon parlance. yeah parlance yeah. exactly it's it's I, for me i still think it does have an impact actually re-watching it for the podcast i was still impressed by how impactful the violence is you know it's a little bit silly in places maybe but a lot of it is pretty brutal and and does oh kind yeah of, 
make you feel something, which isn't always the case for movies that were controversial 20 years ago. I think it still has that power. And I, I think that's partly because it's a violent movie about the impact of violence. Fukusaku was a teenager during World War II and he saw his best friend die. And he went to protests, obviously unarmed, but got beaten by police truncheons. And so he kind of grew up to see another generation of young people being oppressed. And, and that really is what this movie is about for me. It's about the impact of a violent society on children. And it's about oppression in my view. Do you have a different take on it? No, I mean, I think that's very well articulated. And yeah. it's something that, like, the way in which both too much overreach and, and too little involvement from uh, a sort of more authoritarian government affect its populace has been something that plays all the way through uh, Fukusaka's canon. Yes, um, yes. I mean, his his battles, the series of battles without honor or humanity movies, yeah. are very much about the sort of void that was left behind after the Japanese government was sort of stripped back by the American presence in Japan after the war. And again, this almost feels like where things would have gone. It's not overtly stated, but it almost feels like this is where things might have gone if Japan had been on the winning side of the Second World War this kind of much more aggressive, much more militaristic government. Yeah, absolutely. And it works as pure satire and it scared the censorship board because obviously this release opens with a home video warning not to let anyone under the age of 15 watch it. Yeah. And yeah, no wonder, you know, it ends by telling teenagers, oh, wait a second, I can't say that because um that's, that would take us up to a <laughs> ding 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 spoiler point five out of five but pay attention to the way it ends precious arrowheads and and you know what i mean but yeah it's it's a punk rock movie made by a man in his 70s leaving behind a significant part of his legacy in his final movie i love it i love it i love it it's an incredible piece of work that just still has so much of that power beautifully shot edited scored performed under pretty extreme duress if the behind the scenes footage is to be believed did you watch any of that archival stuff Dan? yeah i mean yeah it's a fantastic it's um it's a fantastic disc yeah. it's part of a fantastic set one thing i would like to say before we move on one of the reasons that everyone was so uncomfortable about it people were so scared of it was that it was in 2000 that's one year after columbine yeah so you know the idea of violent kids was very much a sort of a, a tinder and the the novel the battle royale is based on was released the same month as columbine yeah so it was definitely an uncomfortable situation for for that reason but the thing um, is is like it's part of what makes it timeless very very oh, unfortunately absolutely. you know i mean and that's kind of that's partly because of the costumes obviously it, it's partly because of the high quality of the effects and and the style and all the rest of it but kids are still shooting up schools sadly in the states and society is still oppressing its children um whether that's in japan or in america or in the uk so the message hasn't changed basically it's it's just such an awesome film it really is but just to get back to that behind the scenes footage i couldn't fucking believe this footage i can't tell you how powerful it was to watch the on-set footage from this movie i'm so grateful to arrow for including the footage it's kind of basically snapshots of the shoot but it's very revealing both in terms of like fukasaku like shouting at the cast and 
there's one moment <laughs> where very he, young cast the very young <laughs> cast yeah and there's a, there's a moment where he literally throws a chair to make his point and like you can feel the tension in the room but there's also a moment where he's asked what he was doing when he was 15 and if you watch the documentary on this release first that moment will have a completely different feeling i won't spoil anything obviously but it's a very powerful moment but yeah i loved every single second of the b-roll it made me feel like i was there and that's such a magical feeling for a film that's so important to me actually made me feel a little bit emotional just the excitement of making this film just amazing stuff what what extras did you like dan I, the, you know what the standout moment on this disc for me was sam go on they fixed that shot yes do you know what <laughs> i was wondering if you'd actually <laughs> talk about this because in in the introduction to this dan said that the reason we didn't do it was um because we weren't going to argue about it and that is true from a certain point of view but uh it's also the case that we didn't do it because there was a fucked up shot on that release that we well, felt a like up shot on every release yeah exactly one of the things about this box set that's so satisfying is it's exactly the width of the old arrow blu-ray and the anchor bay blu-ray both of which were on my shelves until they were replaced with this box set yeah it's it's always been a weird bugbear of mine and i don't like i saw this thing when it was playing festivals in the uk like i saw it at fright fest and i don't remember if this was present in the cine print i think it kind of must have been just because there's no other reason for it to have been so present in all the other versions i've seen over the years whether it's dvds blu-rays whatever because i've owned this film in countless different format or countless iterations i should say there's a there's a scene in a sort of pagoda slash beach house kind of place two of the female students arguing towards the end of that sequence one of them is darting away from the other one as she fires a gun and for the last two shots of that sequence something happens to the print i don't know if it was super blown out or there was a processing issue maybe they only had time for one take and they didn't realize until they got the rushes back that that sequence was slightly fucked but it's always really jarred me and i've always really hated it and it's been a really weird bugbear for me for absolutely years i mean it does nothing to impact the quality of the film the film is amazing no not but at for all. the first time you can still see an, a marked difference if they feel very desaturated and a little lower res those two shots but they have arrow have finally managed to put out a version where those two shots don't just make me cross <laughs> that's it and just to kind of finish the nostalgic thread this was really early in the podcast life when we were talking about doing battle royale it might even have been we were going to do it as the very first episode because we're still working out what the dynamic was going to be and basically that was back in the days where we weren't sure if we criticized stuff because this is an official podcast believe it or not we, oh, yeah. we weren't sure if we criticize elements if we'd get in trouble or not so yeah when we do rave about releases like this release you know that we're uh, speaking from the heart because yeah this is an amazing release of an amazing film it's so comprehensive Again, as with Blind Beast, I do wish that there was more of a Japanese perspective on this disc. However, in the documentary, at least, you do have Kwari Shoji and Yoshiki Takahishi, who both make extremely compelling contributions to uh, the documentary, as I say. A lot of the most interesting stuff comes from them, though obviously it's always good to see Kim Newman and, and there's other great contributors on there. But again, it, it's putting it in that kind of cultural context that I, I really really love and it would have just been amazing to have a commentary 
um, from someone who was in Japan at that time. Let's just go on the record now and say that we don't mind subtitled commentaries. Hell yeah. 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 Um, if you're listening and you agree, tweet a tarot. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not aggressively. Just yeah, be like, exactly. hey, I, I don't mind reading a commentary. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And I actually uh, love subtitle commentaries like one of my favorite ever commentaries is to the german movie victoria you know the one take thing oh yeah 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 yeah. and that's subtitled and it, it just makes it weirdly more shareable as well because you can take a picture of the screen of the commentary if that makes sense yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and so please arrow we want more commentaries in in different languages and i'm prepared to go on the record and say that i'm more than happy for someone from korea to take my next commentary spot because obviously dan you and i have done commentaries for the villainess and for zombie for sale and yeah yeah i would rather someone from the actual country do it because i just think it's always more interesting and there are plenty plenty of experts out there who could uh do the job better than i though maybe alongside dan because i don't want to i don't want to cost him work with my uh um <laughs> shock announcement I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what i want to see i want to see local locally sourced audio commentaries with subtitles playing over an isolated score track oh wow yeah there you go right that's it we've we've made our demands arrow we look forward to your response the arrow will almost certainly have m&e's for all of these yeah m&e is music and effects yeah. it's the version of the audio mix that's done without any dialogue to be provided for territories that are going to dub and most modern films and a lot of older films will have these m&e's around and it's how you can get these sort of isolated not quite just score like score and sound effects mm. tracks and i'd very much like to see these films with just the m e and then a uh, like a commentary track over the top of it so yeah. you're not distracted by other voices it doesn't even have to be subtitled to be honest because like you look at eureka's asian cinema releases like frank zheng's commentaries are a significant draw because his experience and expertise put those films into a genuinely fascinating cultural context like his commentaries are absolutely packed with information um they're they're brilliant to make it clear this is no no offense to jasper sharp and and tom mez who do do the commentary on this disc they're they're it's a great commentary yeah they're passionate film experts and it's very very comprehensive what they do but they're coming at it from a place of research uh, as opposed to cultural experience and so yeah i'd just like both i'd like their commentary and i'd like another one please Sorry um, to make such uh, aggressive demands on the official more podcast. Commentaries. But yeah, more commentaries. Who doesn't want that? Just to return to that documentary, it is so lovely to see proper talking heads shot with proper cameras with lovely wide angles as appears on the extra uh, documentary that's here. It feels like watching like a film show, basically, the kind of film show that would appear on channel four in the 90s in support of the movie so yeah i just feel really lucky that in a time when we don't have film shows like that on tv anymore we do get extras like this so tick to arrow thank you for that and yeah. it does come with top trumps and it comes with top trumps who doesn't love top Although i think trumps? we're not legally allowed to call them top trumps i think they're just trump cards yes top trumps is, a, is a brand name it is it is but yeah overall absolutely awesome release for an awesome film if you don't have Battle Royale in your collection, then I think the limited edition box set with those trump cards is sold out, possibly, though do check the Arrow website for more details. But they're obviously selling a separate um, Battle Royale release. So um, yeah. without the kind of 
those kind of extra bits and pieces but with all the extras that we've kind of discussed so yes amazing film amazing release i'd love a battle royale board game yes i would also love a yeah, battle really, royale board game you could do that you could have the you could make the danger zones with the roll of a dice yeah a die yeah like a grid reference you have a map based on the island in the movie yeah your weapons could be on on cards that you yeah, only exactly. find out you what they are up. when you turn them around yeah yeah, exactly, and and you don't know what the other people have got until you run into them. Fucking brilliant! This is it, right? Why why are we saying all of this on a on a podcast where people can rip off the idea? Oh, because we I mean, don't have the license. That's yeah, that's what's stopping yeah, it. I was say, because I would happily give it up if someone who did have the license would make it, and I could just play it. Thank you. Look at us giving up. I'm giving up future work. You're giving up genius board game ideas. I love it. Um, right, let's get to recommend. Nothing if not magnanimous, we are very magnanimous. I can't even say that word because it's so antithetical to my uh, entire being. But um... <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to recommendations based on the film. Dan, would you like to go first this time? Yeah, well, I can't say Hunger Games because you mentioned it, Sam. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you weren't going to recommend Hunger Games. Of course I fucking wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember how angry we all were when yeah. Hunger Games came out? Oh, raging. Absolutely raging. I think we all watched that together, <laughs> didn't we? And Yeah. yeah. Ugh. But I, I, I didn't even just mean us. I just meant like genre fans. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's like some... Alan Partridge. Stop doing battle royale wrong. Exactly. I think someone on the disc describes it as battle royale with cheese, which uh, I quite liked. Yes, but, I've um... I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So that's your first recommendation, The Hunger Games. I'm going to move on to my next... I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My first recommendation is from 1994. Oh. It's directed by Martin Campbell. Thank God. We've recommended on the podcast before. Yeah. Because he uh, he directed Cast the Deadly Spell. Uh, It stars Ray Liotta and Lance Henriksen. Oh, what a recommendation this is. Holy shit. Yeah. It's no escape. No escape. What a movie. Ah, in this instance, uh, it's a prison island. I think the uh, the novel it's based on was just called The Penitentiary Island. Ray Liotta is a, a soldier who I think killed a commanding officer, if I remember correctly. It's been a long time. And is punished by just being like airdropped onto this island, which basically is Australia in the early days insofar as it's being treated like a prison island there's not really any kind of order going on and that has already by the time Liotta turns up devolved into warring factions and Liotta has to fight his way off the island to bring truth and justice to the outside world hell yeah yeah there's a lot of explosions yeah great great recommendation weirdly I can very specifically remember exactly where I was like in what room and like the conditions when I very first watched battle royale on dvd in the early 2000s and i can i also have a vivid memory of going to see no escape at the odeon cinema in chelmsford in like 94 whenever it came out in this country it was 94 wasn't it you said that before made in 94 i think we probably got it in 95 yes that does make sense but yeah i can still remember the room i don't know why it had such an impact on me because it would work as a recommendation with something like Waterworld as well yeah oh yeah it's it's (laughs) definitely a sillier and less good film yeah (laughs) it's very fun it is very very weirdly i also have a very strong memory of where i was uh when i watched uh, no Escape, which I think I watched on its Sky Movies premiere Ooh. at my then girlfriend's house because her family had Sky. And also remember exactly where I was when I watched Battle Royale because it was back when the Prince Charles was still one screen and I was up on the balcony watching it at Fright Fest. Oh, that's, I won an umbrella. That's incredible. A Battle Royale umbrella. No, I, I saw Battle Royale in Bristol with my then girlfriend at the time who I was trying to impress 
because she was into uh, Japanese stuff. And um, yeah, I think we also watched The Ring together. And yeah, I never looked back. Uh, my first recommendation is a Sion Sono classic, which features oh, yes. plenty of death, violence and Japanese school uniforms as we follow an investigation of a spate of surreal suicides apparently kickstarted after 54 high school girls throw themselves in front of a subway uh. train. Like Battle Royale, Suicide Club, which is what I'm recommending, has a satirical edge. I recommend it. Dan, you're a fan of Suicide Club, aren't you? Yeah, although I totally thought you were going to recommend his 2015 film Tag, with all the Japanese schoolgirls being murdered. Are you a fan of Suicide Club, Dan? Oh yeah, very much. I like. I, I think I probably saw it around the same time as you. It was early doors you know asia extreme label exactly that kind of stuff yeah. i probably hadn't seen a huge amount of asian cinema up until that point when things like you know ring and battle royale and suicide club were starting to creep in oh wow I, I remember... so that's amazing so it was similar for you because that was my gateway into this stuff that label and, and these releases uh, i'm surprised it's the same for you but very gratified I'm, I'm glad that we have that in common i just always had yeah. you down as like a super expert from cradle to the grave um. <laughs> no i think probably the first i think maybe the first one i saw was was ring yeah i remember ringu yeah yeah um which was 98 and i remember being handed a bootleg of it by someone before it had come out in the uk before there was any press about it and just being told you have to watch this and i took it home and i watched it and like you said i never looked back yeah just fucking incredible yeah absolutely. and then yeah from then on all of us were just voracious anything we could get hold of japanese horror was just like oh my god japanese like extreme cinema which isn't actually that indicative of what japan was making at that time no it's just the stuff that was exporting well yeah exactly i mean yeah age extreme and tartan extreme in general what what a label that was r.i.p um yeah yeah Fantastic. All right, what's next from you, Dan? So next up from me is from an, another 1994 film, Sam. Awesome. Directed by Ernest R. Dickinson. Amazing. Uh, he of Demon Knight. Yes. Which he did the following year in 95. Uh, it stars Ice-T and Rutger Hauer. Fucking hell. Incredible. Yeah. It's Surviving the Game. Love it. Amazing. So, <laughs> surviving the Game, again, possibly a little sillier than Battle Royale, but it's really, really good fun. Dickerson's a, a great director, and I feel he, he's mostly done TV these days, but he's done some really great stuff. He was a cinematographer before he was a director, and you can tell the films look nice. Yeah. Um, surviving the Game is ostensibly a, a most dangerous game riff with a bit of a like a racial edge to it. Ice-T is peak Ice-T in this. And yeah, with, with Rutger Hauer as a, as a bad rich man, hunting him so no school kids in this one but lots and lots of oppression and uh hunting humans for fun and sport man i literally have for my next recommendation i have the words most dangerous game also written down but i went in a slightly different <laughs> direction i didn't go for deadly prey which obviously is the greatest oh, of all of these amazing. films but i actually kind of struggled for recommendations this fortnight but you have just proven that um it, it was much easier than than I I thought because your recommendations are both fucking excellent and very entertaining. I went for the Running Man, <laughs> which is um, I considered I considered the yeah, Running Man. 
Yeah, just purely because it, it's a, a government thing in a similar way to um, Battle Royale. In case there's anyone listening to this who isn't aware of the running ban, uh, it's basically Arnie in a reality TV game of death as he's forced to participate in a game show run by the government which pits prisoners against preposterous psychos. Much cheesier than Battle Royale, but, you know, as I say, it will scratch that most dangerous game itch. It is silly, but I do recommend it, The Running Man. And it's a Stephen King story from back when he was writing sci-fi under a pseudonym. Exactly, yeah. So another kind well, of literary adaptation as opposed to Deadly Prey, which was uh, probably adapted from a napkin. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and even then, that napkin didn't have any writing on it. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Just a stain, <laughs> just, a, just, just a big a blob stained, of ketchup. A grubby um, napkin. <laughs> <laughs> um before we before we move on yeah. uh, to the next bit talking of literature and fine fine literature mm. i feel it would be amiss not to say that if people love battle royale but they haven't read the comics mm. read the comics yeah because oh my goodness yes please yeah fantastic excellent all right well that takes us into recommendations based on the past couple of weeks Dan, what have you been watching? I watched a pair of documentaries on the Arrow player because Arrow have cast their net wider and wider and are starting to bring in more and more stuff that isn't available in the UK on physical media or that they don't have on physical media. I'd already seen the first of these two documentaries. I hadn't seen the second one. It's the Video Nasties docs. Nice, Um, yeah. So Moral Panic, Censorship and Videotape is the first one. And then Video Nasties, Draconian Days is the second one. This was very much a sort of pet subject of mine when I was in my teens, you know, mm. sort of grumbling about the BBFC and reading up about this, the John Martin book. It's John Martin, Seduction of the Gullible, which is amazing. And I very much enjoyed the first of these documentaries and did again on a second watch. But I had very much felt that maybe there wasn't a huge amount of value to be had in watching the second one for me. Because, you know, I know all this stuff. I didn't know all this stuff. There was a lot to learn. And it's really, really good and insightful. Fantastic. And um, they were very well timed with these documentaries. I think they put them up the week that Censor uh, came out at the cinemas. And I believe Absolutely. it's out on home release soon. So definitely, definitely worth um, catching up on the context ahead of revisiting Censor or watching that for the first time when it comes out on Blu-ray. Because, yeah, what a period in British history that was. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I, to be honest, I wish there were documentaries about this regarding other countries as well, like yeah. talking about the censorship in different countries. I talked to um, our, our podcast listener and, and friend, Andre, about the German equivalent of the nasties list on the reg. Uh, and I often get messages from him saying, oh my goodness, this film has finally been unbanned or, you know, whatever. And it's amazing what's still out there, well, you know, what's still not allowed in some countries and the, you know, political reasons behind certain things being being forbidden in these different places mm. and like you know the the now supposed transparency of the bbfc and the fact that they'll help uh, they'll advise filmmakers before they've even made movies if they want on what is and isn't going to be allowed if they have a contractual obligation for different ratings compared to the opacity of the mpaa in the states who are just like nope good luck off you go <laughs> i remember brandon talking about trying to cut the r-rated cut of possessor and the BBFC coming back and just being like, no, 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 not this, not yet. And then someone who knew, but I don't think was officially part of the MPAA, being like, it's probably the noise, probably changed the noises. But that's all they got was like sort of guesswork. and Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Well, after the intensity of watching those documentaries, I have an extremely chill documentary for you to watch, Precious Arrowhead, Ernest Borgnine on the bus. 
Now, this is a documentary I first heard about on Movie Melt, my favourite film podcast outside of this one. Justin and Matt were discussing it and they spoke so warmly about it. I had to track it down and watch it and it is a revelation. It's the same director as Heavy Metal Parking Lot, which I think more people will have seen um, who are listening to this. But it basically follows Ernest Borgnine as he drives around in a massive coach that he blew his son's inheritance on, though his son doesn't seem to mind, by the way. He also appears in the documentary. It's like spending time with your favourite family member. It's quite hard to describe the atmosphere, actually, but it's just really, really warm and comforting with some great stories in there from his incredible life and career. Yeah, I just absolutely love this one. It's on YouTube, so really easy to watch. And it's under an hour. It's 50 minutes long, 5-0. But yeah, Ernest Borgnine on the bus. I recommend it. Nice. I've not heard of it. It's really, really lovely. Very, very comforting. Yeah, like a comfort film that I watched for the first time, if that makes sense. Like, I yeah, got that, that comfort sense. film no. feeling from it watching it the first time amazing anyway dan what's next from you more stuff on the arrow streaming service more japanese stuff in this instance Ooh. they have added a bunch of the takeshi kitano films fantastic and i'm gonna choose dolls hey. and from that talk about comfort films <laughs> i mean you know dolls i'm not sure how comforting it is it yeah. my fucking heart out yeah but i love them they're so beautiful they're yeah. so lyrical even when they're violent they're beautiful and just what a filmmaker. Less in love with some of the more recent stuff, but it's still, you know, he's never not been of high quality, with the possible exception of getting any. Maybe leave that one last and treat it as a, comp- a warning for completists only Right for that one. But yeah, they're all great, all those ones there, but Dolls is just amazing. Fantastic. Excellent, excellent recommendation. I also have one from a streaming service, though it is YouTube. I watched Rejuvenatrix on YouTube in the past couple of weeks, which is basically what would happen if David Cronenberg directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt after watching Sunset Boulevard 23 times on repeat. It follows an ageing actress who takes an experimental serum that promises to return her to her former youthful glory. Unfortunately, there are some pretty serious side effects that led Variety to say, elaborate special effects, which is <laughs> which, which is the pull quote they put on the poster, which is pretty amazing. That's the only quote that's on the poster. But it's justified because Ed French of Terminator 2 fame did those effects and they are awesome. It's kind of half body horror, half zombie flick. It reminded me a tiny, tiny bit of Peter Jackson's brain dead in places, but only a very small amount. And you could also maybe put it alongside Henenlotter's stuff in a way and a little bit of Reanimator as well. But if you just removed all of the kind of madcap stuff from all of those films and just played it as a straight drama with crazy gloopy special effects then that's basically what rejuvenatrix is it's otherwise known as the rejuvenator but obviously i prefer rejuvenatrix it's just obviously a cooler title whatever title it goes by when you find it i massively recommend it if you like very very po-faced and quite slow 80s mad special effects movies and there's surprisingly not that many of them so yeah they do tend to go on the wilder side but this is quite you know it's quite calm until it goes crazy so um yeah anyway i'm waffling rejuvenatrix i recommend it dan next from you that's uh, it You've, we've done all the recommendations yeah i can do another one i watched 
I watched Nico Masterakis's Blind Date as well. That's weird. <laughs> hey, well, let's let's talk a little bit more about it in extra features, extra features, extra features. And so presumably this is your extra feature, Dan, or... Uh... Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> we could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about Masterakis before. He's done. He's got a few titles on Arrow. This isn't one of them. Um, it's a very weird film. It's sort of like a guy loses his sight. He gets, uh, <laughs> he gets an experimental implant that allows him to see again, although all he can see is that kind of like terminator outline but a bit worse awesome uh and, and they're very much like they're like just so you know you there's nothing wrong with your eyes it's just shock like there's nothing it's just in your brain and he's like oh right so you can't fix it with surgery and they're like no we could fix it with therapy but we've got this experimental surgery we could do <laughs> he's like yeah do it and they're like it'll it's it, it's not reversible you'll never be able to see normally again and he's like, yep, fine, just do it. And they're like, okay. So do the surgery. And then just before they turn it on, they go, oh, by the way, this is going to make you feel very sick. You can only use it for a couple of hours a day. Glass will be like doors to you. You can't see through glass. It's going to be bullshit. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, then he sees a uh, he sees a murder. And I say sees in inverted commas. But they've spent like a good half of the film getting to the murder by this point, like setting up who he is, mm-hmm. what his world is like, and what this crazy fucking implant is. Yeah, and then he's semi-witness to a murder, and he has to use his crap eyes to to solve the uh, solve the mystery. But one of the side effects, one of the little bonuses you get with this magic eye stuff, is it records everything he sees onto audio cassette, so he can play back his uh, what he's seen. This, also, go on. He can play back. He can plug himself into computer games and he can play Breakout. This basically sounds like the greatest film ever made. And it would, <laughs> from the way you describe like the setup and the structure and stuff, it would make a perfect double bill with Rejuvenatrix because it's also a situation where uh, the protagonist is saying, yeah, 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 I don't care about your tests. Don't don't bother testing it on rats. <laughs> Just fucking stick it in me. So, yeah, amazing. Definite double bill there. Right. Let's do social media stuff. I'm not going to do social media this fortnight. Instead, I'm going to ask you to follow Dan Martin, who is a blue tick. So, yeah. you know, his his opinions are more ratified than mine anyway. Um, Dan, how can people follow you on Twitter and on Instagram? Uh, I'm at 13fingerfx on both. And uh, blue tick or not, uh, it's <laughs> sporadic at best at the moment <laughs> because I'm filming in Hungary. But I will try to post things. Maybe I'll try and go to the Botanical Gardens in Hungary and send some pictures of that. Oh, that'll be lovely. <laughs> that's, what, that's what people want, isn't it? That's it's what ex- people want from me. It's exactly what people want. And Precious Arrowhead, if you'd like to see those pictures, then scroll way back in Dan's feed because we're recording these episodes way ahead of time. So he will have already posted those by now, right, Dan? No, no, no. I'm planning for the future. Oh. I'm not in Hungary right now. I will be when this episode goes up. Right, I'm going to cut all of that then because, um, yeah, that, that, that's pointless. Okay, that's basically it. Unless you have any final thoughts on Battle Royale or Ernest Borgnine on the bus or, you know, anything else I was else slightly sad about. when you described it and it wasn't just Ernest Borgnine reminiscing about on the buses. I mean, it's not a million miles away from that tonally, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Anyway, thank you, Precious Arrowheads. Thank you so much for listening. What are we doing next time, Sam? And we will be doing Dune. Do you want to do Dune? We're going to do Dune. I can't. I'm going to try and see the remake while I'm out in uh, out in Hungary. Yeah, it's come out in Europe, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm going to try and see it as well. So um, 
expect thoughts on both dunes on dune um but yeah that's next time but until then thank you so much for listening and we thank promise you. to be more professional when next discussing time. dune <laughs> bye-bye <laughs> bye